Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Melissa Mickelson and Jessica Stellwagen, co-founders of Botify. All right, this is Medical Spa Insider. This is Alex Tiersch, and this is AmSpa's podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs and business folks in the med spa industry and, and get to know them and, and what makes them tick and what their you know what their stories and their secrets are. We have, um, as you know, Jessica Stellwagen and Melissa. Um, oh goodness, Melissa Mickelson uh, from Botify down in Phoenix, Arizona. I just we just. Just got done seeing you at the Amspop uh, boot camp um, in Arizona. Which how, how'd you guys like that? Did you have a good time there? It was great, and I've actually gotten several phone calls from being on the panel, and everyone's feedback from Amspa has just been overwhelmingly positive. So oh, awesome! Not, not a good show. No, that's great. To, that's great to hear. So um, this is I'm, I'm excited to talk to you both because um, as I mentioned when we were on site at the boot camp, I, I love it when. Um, people in this industry take kind of the common business model or a, a, a business model that most people are, are working off of and, and tweak it a little bit, flip it on its head and, and do something different. Because I think that's what's so exciting about this industry is there's so much ability to grow and change and, and build what you want to build. Um, Botify, your um, med spa, which we'll, we're, we're calling it, is cool sculpting only, which is a really cool innovation. Um, your sisters, that's also interesting. Um, so I would love to hear more about it. But but First, let's start off by um, by just talking a little bit about um, how you got into determining that you were going to have a, a, a cool sculpting only business. And, and, and to be clear, this is not body sculpting. It's it's specific to one brand, cool sculpting. Um, how did you come up with that idea and and how did you get there? Because that, that's you don't see many people who do something like that. So I was running a medical spa for my uncle, our uncle, and I fell in love with the business. We were doing cool sculpting. He was an internal medicine doc. He actually specialized in addiction, which was very bizarre to have cool sculpting along with addiction patients. And the fact that I was able to start that business for him and run it for him, and I just fell in love with the technology. Prior to that, I had been doing plastic surgery recovery, so taking care of people after liposuction and tummy tuck, and it was just so brutal. And the fact that I had cool sculpting on myself and I was at the gym an hour later working out, I just knew that was going to be the future. That's how people are going to want to get rid of that stubborn fat. And I kept trying to get Jessica on board with me. You know, we always wanted to have businesses together and she was more the marketing and business brain of it. I kind of came with the like clinical and the customer service side of it. And we tried to buy the business from him and it didn't work out. Um, And we decided to go out on our own and I'll let Jess finish the rest of that story. Yeah, and we raised $400,000 and, you know, as Melissa said, clinical customer service. And then I was a little bit more of the business and the marketing piece. And I had a mentor who believed niches lead to riches. And that was something that really struck our heart. And we just said, hey, if we're going to build this, how can we be the best at one thing versus the jack of all trades? So that was number one, why we were inspired to really, really focus. But number two, we are very pragmatic and very practical. We knew that we needed money to market because we did not have an existing business. We did not have a database. We were not pulling from somebody else's database. And we knew if we couldn't market successfully, we'd be dead in the water and the amount of money we raised was not going to allow us to have 55 different technologies because we never would have successfully taken off. So I think those are really the two things and the driving forces behind just doing one technology. Yeah, it's 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 interesting though because um, we've seen you know injectables only things like that. We've seen tattoo removal only. Um, yours is the first that focuses on cool sculpting only. And, and, and Melissa I'm, and and Jessica, to you both, I'm curious when you approached um, Melissa when you approached Jessica about the business. You had been working in a med spa and she'd been doing marketing. Um, was your initial proposal to her, hey, let's open a med spa, or was it, hey, let's open a cool sculpting only practice? essentially just trying to get her on board to help me with the current business that I was running and she finally after years of me bugging her like over and over again she had it with her boss decided to jump ship join the team and within probably two or three months I mean we just said you know this is honestly we could never find a passion that we had together in a business that we wanted to run together and this was it and that's when she hatched the harebrained idea of uh, (laughs) trying to buy the business from the doctor which she pulled 
slightly declined, but he just said something to us that like totally transformed us. And it was like, listen, there's enough fat to freeze in this world for all of us to win. And you guys go out there, do your thing. You're going to be amazing. And um, I don't think at the time that we were thinking cool sculpting only, it was, you know, let's do a couple things and just monetarily, that's all we could do. Right, right. So Melissa, first of all, I want to get into your quitting your, your job because it sounds like your story is you quit in the middle of the day like everybody dreams they want to do. Um, but before we get to that, the the it sounds like you were when you were getting ready to you wanting to buy the business, you, you weren't focused solely on cool sculpting. The, the idea morphed into that. Um, what was your reaction um, when when your sister came to you and said, Hey, let's go into business together. Let's buy this mitzvah. Um, and then lead me through the, the, the progression. So I, I, I understand you didn't have the money to maybe do more than one technology, but at some point you landed on cool sculpting. Um, what was that progression like? If, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I was totally ecstatic when she, she literally sent me the longest email. It probably took me like an hour to read of like why I should accept her on the team and like why she's qualified <laughs> for this. And I was like, wrote back, I'm like, bitch, it's about time. I'm like, that's all I said. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we were disappointed obviously when we weren't able to purchase the business from our uncle, but I think honestly it was the best blessing that we right. could ever have had because we were able to build it in our vision and the way that we wanted to do it. You know, we were working out of an addiction med spa and it didn't have the client experience that we wanted. It didn't have the price point. It was doing, you know, skin tightening treatments and ultrasound, you know, cellulite treatments that weren't working. And cool sculpting was the only thing in that business that I was having really happy clients come yeah. back and do more. And that is really why I was like, okay, cool sculpting is the real deal. And I think another reason that was so important to us, again, I'll mention my mentor multiple times. Right. He was phenomenal. He always suggested that if you had a business that you figure out how to have a guarantee. And it didn't matter what that guarantee was wrapped around, whether it was a service or product, but he just said, look, people buy emotionally and justify logically and guarantees are really important. And so when I looked at Melissa and said, hey, if we are going to hang our hat on a guarantee and expose ourselves financially and in terms of reputation on a technology, what is the technology that you feel like the chips are going to be stacked in our favor not to get our butts kicked so we had the advantage of being able to decide who we wanted to be before we ever opened our doors and i think most businesses exist they operate they bring in new technologies they try and pivot they try and create mm -hmm. and they're literally trying to build the f-16 as they fly it but one of the biggest advantages we had is we got to sit down and say who the heck do we want to be and let's build this how we want from day one so we're never trying to make these pivots that sometimes are really hard when you have a culture and you have a team and processes right. that are not working. So, so from the, the day you opened your doors, you've been cool sculpting only the entire time. You've never wavered from that, which is, I think is, is, is so cool. And so in, and amazing, but it's also, it's also difficult because there's gotta be times when folks come in and ask you about other treatments. They say, Oh my God, where, where can I get, uh, you know, whether it's Botox, whatever it is. Um, and, the issue that, that I hear from lots of folks, although not, you know, not the successful um, businesses, but, but a lot of the ones that, that are starting out and they're getting a little bit nervous about what they're going to do, they say, well, if I send them over to somebody else to do Botox or fillers or whatever it is, they're going to get cool sculpting there and I'm going to lose a patient. Um, Jessica, what's your thought on that and, and how did you get around and over that hurdle? I think there's a few things. I think anybody in the planet you can say a statement to and there's going to be 50% of people who look at that positively and 50% of people who say, oh my gosh, doomsday, like the end of the world. Right. So for me, Melissa and I have always said, if I send someone to another office and they do cool sculpting, I better have such an incredible experience that people are still coming back to me. And I think if you have that fear and that fear actually sits for a while and resonates with you, you have a deeper problem. I have major reaction fears all the time, right? A new spa is coming to town. It's like, oh my gosh, are they going to take over Botify? I have my freak out moment. And then I say, guess what? We get the fundamentals. We know our model. We know our business. It's going to be okay. So first and foremost, I think if you wow people, deliver on or over deliver on results and you're a really incredible company, you can send them elsewhere and they're not going to leave you. Right. Secondly, kind of looking at that glass half full and Melissa can talk about it. I think if you do too many things, you, you shoot your referral partners in the foot. So I'll let Melissa chat about that. Yeah, I think we get a lot of people that refer to us because we don't do all the other things, right? We right. Get, 
know, Botox people from all over the valley referring to us because they're not afraid that we're going to take over uh, their client as, you know, a Botox patient. That's right. And I think people really respect when we say, look, we could bring that in house, but you don't want me to do your Botox. You don't want me to do your laser treatments. That's not my gift. That's not my specialty. So I'm going to send you to someone who we've looked at, who we've tested, who we've sent people and feel that you'll be in really capable hands and people like that. And they're willing to take that extra step or extra drive or whatever it is. Yeah. So I, I guess the second part to that is, have you ever thought about adding something simple like injectables, whether it's bringing out an NP or a doctor who can just do it for you? Has that thought ever crossed your mind? And, or, and, and when it does, or if it does, you know, what causes you to stick to your guns and, and remain where you are? I think we have taken such a stand in our community that yeah. cool sculpting is the only thing that we do. And the reason it's important because, you know, we don't want to be the jack of all trades. You want that master doing your cool sculpting treatment. Cool sculpting is amazing. It works, but in the wrong hands and somebody that's not trained or focusing on it, you know, you can get a bad outcome with it. And I think that it would be hard for us not to say that we couldn't do it to now all of a sudden switch that script and say, Oh, now look what we do. And people are going to kind of get whiplash. Like, wait, I thought, it was important they only focused on one thing right. and that's truly why we get so many people coming to us because they understand that we have that expertise in it right. and I think if we also just look at fundamentals of people and I say this flippantly Melissa and I are lazy right like we want to be the general we want to be up here we want our business to be easy our life because we do one thing is exceptionally easy not saying we don't work hard and there's not struggles but we don't have to manage 60 different people we don't have to manage doctors and NPs we don't have to have different licensure because we're injecting people and so for us I think a huge draw of cool sculpting too is it just allows us to have the lifestyle that we also want does that come at a cost absolutely but it's a cost Mm -hmm. that we've looked at multiple times and it just makes sense for us to do one thing and quite frankly if cool sculpting is done right it is highly profitable and we have not looked at other technologies or services that we feel that the juice is worth the squeeze for what it would do in terms of headache and personnel etc that bottom line boost just isn't attractive enough to us because cool sculpting has been so remarkable I think that's I think that's great. You know, I one of the things I always say is the the riches are in the niches, and and and, and you live off of that. So, kudos to you for for doing this, M- Melissa. You've always said, you said this at the boot camp, and I think I noticed it on um, on your website that you always wanted to go into business with your sister, um, or or maybe that was Jessica. I'm not sure, but talk about um, talk about your your kind of experience growing up with one another and 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 and, and going into business with your with, with your sister a family member which a lot of people say don't ever do that that's a terrible idea um just talk about that experience because it's, it's got to be special and sometimes i dare say a little frustrating um but uh how's that been you going so far <laughs> We grew up in a household that our parents both owned their own businesses and, you know, we grew up and our mom had a health food store and we're helping stock the shelves and do inventory and our dad owned a, you know, custom home audio and video thing and we were helping with that. And so I think they've led this just amazing example for us that you can go out there and create whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And Jess and I were close, you know, we're two and a half years apart, um, you know, my group of friends and her group of friends, they were all sisters. And so we just had this really like sisterly bond. Um, throughout our life growing up. We had, you know, hair tie businesses together. We had sticker businesses, lemonade businesses. And so it was just ingrained in us, like go out there, kill something and drag it home. And that's how you provide. And Robert Kiyosaki, you know, he says, you can't do good business with a bad partner. And so I think fundamentally when, you know, we are off doing our own things and she had tried businesses with different people and I had tried businesses by myself um, and none of them worked. And so when we had this opportunity for me, it's like, okay, she's my sister first. And I know that that's, that foundation will never be shaken mm-hmm. or will fall. And so fundamentally, we already have the partnership piece figured out, which is one of the biggest reasons partnerships fails because it's not solid. People have different ideas. They don't have the same integrity. They don't have the same vision. And I just felt like, again, if we wanted to not be a statistic, we had to stack the chips in our favor um, and just the sisterhood and the partnership and how we saw things um, was incredibly on the same page. Number two, completely different skill sets. I do not want to work with me. I would blow my brains out. She doesn't want to work (laughs) with herself. We stay in each other's lanes. We do Mm -hmm. not cross over. And when we do cross over, we fight. 
I trust her, I respect her, vice versa, and it works. Um, and then the third thing that I thought was just fascinating is when we were raising money, some of the people we were raising money from literally called my sister. They're like, are you sure you want to go into business with your sister? And they were just like asking her all these questions. And I was like, what? But at the end of the day, we asked five people and four of them gave us money. And so for me, it was like, hey, they're kind of getting past this. Oh, your sisters and really seeing that we can make this work. Melissa, what was your reaction when, when people were asking you, do you really want to go in business with your sister? Honestly, I didn't know why they were asking me that. And I literally was blown away. I was like, why? She's amazing. She's smart. She's like a go-getter. She's like complete opposite from me. You know, she's this extrovert and introvert. It just made perfect sense in my brain. So I was confused as why they were asking that. And a joke that we always have, Melissa said, if she built Botify on her own, it never would have launched and opened the doors because she's a perfectionist. Everything has to be great. And if I had launched it, it would have gone to the moon, but then exploded immediately. So we really are... <laughs> A good mix together and a great balance. Well, you 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 really are um, with with your background and experience too. And, and Jessica, you said something that I thought was is is really astute and important for for business partners, which is um, you have to have you know different skill sets and you have to stay in your own lane and kind of respect those lanes that you're in. And that, that is not always easy. It's, it's, you know, maybe it's easier because your sisters and you're kind of both always rowing in the same direction. You've got that, that tie, but for for a lot of folks, um, the, the future of the business, the direction of the business, um, you all have your own ideas and it's really, really tough to stay in your own lanes. And I, I would love to hear, you know, how you do that. And have, and, and, and you mentioned, you know, when you don't, um, sometimes there's, there, there's conflict. Talk about that type of relationship and, and, and how you've gotten there and how you've learned what the lanes are and how to stick, stay there, if that makes sense. So again, we got to be very intentional in the creation of Botify. And one of the things I always say, people are like, oh, was it hard to raise money and hard to open your doors? Like Providence just showed up, right? We said we were gonna do this and all of a sudden things just started to fall into place. But we did create essentially a PERT chart, which means project evaluation review technique. I think it's the same process that NASA used to put someone on the moon. And it's literally like, okay, what are these massive things that have to happen before you open or you put a man on the moon? And then you break those down into small digestible chunks. And Mm -hmm. it was crazy. We had this list and the things she wanted to do were so different than the things I wanted to do. When we had pieces that we had resistance for, it was like, okay, do we need to delegate that or do we need to figure out that skill set and learn how to do it? But it was such a natural division that I don't think it's ever been like, oh, but I want to do that, but I want to do that. So I think that lack of tension helps tremendously. And then I think we have the courage, we respect each other, but also to say back the F off right? Like, I mean, there'll be times that I'll call Melissa or Melissa calls me. And it's like, if that's what she really wants to do, I don't know. So I'm just like, run with it. I'm going to trust you. And so I think that open communication, which is a duh to say, is something that has really, really helped us navigate anytime there is possible dissension about what we're going to do or how we're going to do it. Yeah. I feel like if somebody has like a really, really strong feeling one way or the other, and the other one doesn't as much, then it's like, just let that person run. It might not be what I want to do, but it's like, they have this really strong feeling. It's not worth dying on that sword. Just keep the relationship happy and it tends to work out. Well, and, and, um, Melissa, you are, um, from what I've read and from what you said, I, I think, um, at the bootcamp, what I heard you're, you're shy and, uh, Jessica was teasing you in, in email about how, you know, being on that panel was, was tough. And, and, um, that's something though, that if, for me, I, I, if, had I not known that, had Jessica not told me that, or I had not read it on your website, I'd never would have known that you seem, you seem very outgoing and, and, and friendly, but, um, that's, that, that's something that it, as, as one of the providers and, and, and customer service, um, how have you had to, or, or, or what have you done to, to, to get over that or get through that or get past that or use it to your benefit? Alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's now that we have it on the record, I appreciate that. Let's move on. <laughs> um, it's just something I have to constantly work on. And yeah. I just feel like the more confident and knowledgeable I am in a space, the more I can open up um, is when I don't know what I'm doing that I don't have that kind of like free flowing, you know, energy to speak out. Um, so I think it's, it's been a home skill and it's still tough. Like doing this right now is tough for me, but it's like, I know I have to do it and it, you know, gets easier every time that I do it. Well, and, and, and nobody can see this, but it's clear that you're drinking and um, <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> what's it, what's water. it like to have your sister drink on the job all the time, Jessica? 
It's rough. <laughs> Great Joking. ideas come out of it, though. <laughs> Just, uh, you, you know, and it's it's interesting, again, respecting each other's lanes. Like, for example, I just won an award, and I don't need the award. It's clearly Botify, and it's clearly Melissa and I. And something that I love about Melissa is, like, I truly believe if it ever came to money, success, wealth, happiness, or us being sisters, she would choose us being sisters all day long. And I think even within partnerships, people kind of get this, like, competitive nature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like emailed Melissa and I was like, is it okay if I take this award? Like, do you want me to ask them to put both of our names on it? And her knee-jerk reaction is never, ever anything other than what's best for the business and how Mm -hmm. do we make this drive for our team, for our clients, and for you and I. And so, again, I think it goes back to that foundational piece of that partnership. Like, you can't do good business with a bad person, so you've got to make sure you're aligned. You have to have the tough conversations. You're an attorney. You have to have those agreements, right? Because when it's pie in the sky and everything's great, then there's no plan, and then three years down the road, something happens it's like well i don't remember that discussion so being very methodical in everything you do yeah, you know, it's one of the things that, that you've talked about that, that I found interesting is is you went out and you raised money and that's something that um Frankly, a lot of med spa owners, especially those who are providers, who are who are uh, providers first, um, tend to not do. They just kind of start. They kind of you know ready, shoot, aim kind of thing. Um, but you you actually went out. You had a, you had a goal in mind, and and, and you raised money. Um, talk about that process, and and because I know there are people out there who are looking to get started, and they want to know, okay, you know, how do I do that? Should I raise money? How much money should I raise? What are the diff- different things that I need to think about? How do I present it? I mean, did you have a deck? Did you have a business plan? All those things that you talked about the the the, the NASA spreadsheet that you were mentioning. Um, talk about the process of getting ready to do that, going out and getting it, and 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 just just in general how how you did that. I think the best thing that we did was we hired um, somebody at a banking institution to help us build a business plan. Yeah, it was this, like forty page business plan that he just walked us through every step of the way. So it was a really great exercise of knowing exactly we had to know our numbers, we had to know what we were going to do to market, we had to know when we we're going to hire, when we wanted to grow, all of those things. And so when we were able to present that to people that you know, and a lot of it was friends and family. The first like couple were friends and family, so we didn't go to these gigantic institutions where we had to have a huge deck but we did go to some people that were seasoned investors and um, I think they were completely blown away by the amount of time energy effort that went into that Um, it didn't even cost us that much it was like three thousand dollars but it Mm -hmm. really was just this amazing like foundation for us to start a business and allowed us to raise that money and I loved because it was very eye-opening for us so he had a oh my gosh you're sucking and this is what the numbers look like. You're doing okay. This is what the number looks like and you're blowing it out of the water. And this is what your numbers look like. And we blew it out of the water more than he thought the blowing out of the water was. Mm -hmm. But I think the first time you get someone to say yes, it becomes a lot easier. So the first person who said yes is actually not a friends and family. I was literally sitting in my apartment. It was like $600 apartment, you know, a month, like a total dump. And he was (laughs) like, cool, where do I send the check? And Melissa and I like looked at each other and I was like, put it on mute. We're jumping up and down, like being crazy. Crazy. Like I come back on, I'm a little bit out of breath. I'm like, well, you're going to be sending it to our business, uh, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, meanwhile, it's my apartment. And I think it was just this impetus, like, wow, someone sees the value in our idea. They trust us and they believe that we can do this. Um, but I would say I thought that was easier than friends and family. Yeah. Investors know there's an inherent risk in not getting their money back. Family, you, yeah. I at least feel completely different. I mean, yeah. I took my mom and dad and friends money. And if I couldn't get back to them, 400,000 was not something I could just make in a year and give back to them. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely scary. And we had to think a lot about doing it because we were putting our relationships on the line too. So how did you, and, and, and just stop, you, you mentioned the 400,000 and, and stop me if you don't want to reveal anything confidential, but how did you re- land on that number? Cause people often want to know, what do I need? How much do I know what to need? And I'm, and I'm always telling them, well, it really depends on, you know, it depends on what you want to do, what your vision is. Right. Yeah. So um, what was the process to get to that that number uh, in order to raise it? I think the business plan. Right. Yeah. So Chris, who we worked with, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally asked us very pointed questions. What are you going to hire someone for? What does rent look like if you right. went out and advertise on the radio, how much does that cost? How much do you think it's going to cost to build a website? And so it forced us to do a lot of due diligence on the front end. And of course, there's variables that we're not in control of. And here's the low and here's the high. 
But what we really came to believe is that we needed to be able to market for six months mm-hmm. without a single client yep. and still be able to pay our bills in case it was a slower ramp up than we anticipated. So we did not want to be undercapitalized. And with all those numbers, with that understanding, that's how we came to the 400,000. And gotcha. we also factored in that we were not going to get paid for the first you know, year of being right. open. And I think that for a lot of the investors that decided to do it, you know, we threw in some of our own money, plus we're like, we're not going to get paid. And so they knew that we were serious, that we wanted to get this thing off the ground. Hey, everybody, this is Alex Tierce, CEO of Amspawn. I want to give a big thank you to our friends at RepeatMD for sponsoring this podcast. And I have something really interesting I want to share with you about them. They recently did a study and asked the following question, why haven't you bought a specific aesthetic service or treatment package? And they got over 34,000 responses from that. And what was their answer? The number one answer, getting 38% of the vote, was I didn't know enough about the service. And I'm sure all of you listening have heard your patients say, I didn't know you did that, which of course I'm sure can drive you crazy. The number two answer, getting 36% of the vote, was also very interesting. That answer was, I feel guilty purchasing an expensive service or treatment. And our friends at RepeatMD can help solve both of their problems. RepeatMD's goal is to grow your high margin services by building your own private label mobile rewards app. Think of it like a Starbucks rewards for your practice. Having your own mobile rewards program will simultaneously make your patients aware of all your treatments and give them incentive to purchase. In other words, the permission to buy. For more information, visit repeatmd.com forward slash AMSPA to book a quick product demonstration. That's repeatmd.com forward slash AMSPA, A-M-S-P-A, as you know. If you decide, like hundreds of aesthetic practitioners already have, that RepeatMD is a great fit for you, you will receive a 50% credit towards your purchase for being a medical spa insider listener. So um, the six months, um, how long did you have to wait before money started coming in? I mean, was it was it right away or... We were profitable month two. It's something that we're extremely proud of. I mean, I will never forget. It was one of my girlfriends. She came in and her treatment plan was like $3,600 and I'm timesing it out by five days a week, and 300 <laughs> days a year. I'm like, we could maybe make a half million dollars in a year. And it was just, I, I mean, it was just mind blowing numbers, right? And obviously yeah. there's a million other things going into it, but from two people who worked a quote J-O-B, that was like an astronomical amount. So, you know, we were profitable month two and we never looked back and we have an extremely strong EBITDA and it's, you know, we believe in debt Ramsey and we're day free. Day. Day. <laughs> when I say debt Ramsey, he's gonna love that. <laughs> that today. Yeah, we had to definitely send it to him. So he, so and he we, just, we just do it differently, but guess what? You can do the same thing like Robert Kiyosaki, OPM, like, why wouldn't you use other people's money if you can? And so that's something, and you've mentioned it multiple times, there are a million opportunities every month that Melissa and I have to say, stick to who we are, don't get out of our lane, our model is working, don't be overly excited about shiny objects or what other people are doing, because otherwise you just become who you're not supposed to, and in my opinion, things then unravel. Yeah. Was there so? I mean, using other people's money, I think, is it's it's great advice. It's also terrifying in in, in many ways. Yeah. And, and um, what, did you ever consider getting trying to get a bank loan, or was that just off the table right away? What was the situation with that? Yeah, they were not going to loan us money. We tried going through the um, <laughs> SBA, SBA, and it was going to take way too long, and we wouldn't have been able to get enough money. Um, we just said, you know what, we're going to pay this debt back as quickly as possible. So we paid everybody back in. Two years, we cash flowed two more cool sculpting machines. And so at the end of that, it was like, okay, this is our business. And now it's like, sky's the limit. Where are we going from here? And I do think that's a really tough place for people to be because look, you can't, not everybody has friends and family who are willing to give them 50,000 or even have it. I mean, or take out a HELOC to help them, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And so I do feel like if we hadn't had those pieces, it would have been much tougher. And the SBA, rightfully so, had no reason to believe that two girls who are not medical professionals who are going into the med spa space are going to succeed. So we just had to have a sphere of influence around us of a few people who did believe. And then as anybody says, you know, with Series A, once you get the one or the two or the three to invest, it becomes easier because people are like, oh, I'm not the only lunatic out here believing that you can do this. (laughs) Well, they're 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 smart lunatics, obviously, because they. Um, so what's so? How many locations? You have, you have two locations, right? 
Okay. And yeah, two, and, we opened our Scottsdale location May 2019. Yeah, two years ago. Okay. And we are getting ready and looking forward to opening more here. Yeah, that was my next question. So, what's the next? What's what, what's the next step? Um, you know, we're talking world domination here. And I think you know, kudos to you and thank you. I mean, Melissa and I found your podcast and we started listening, and we both listened to that two part on you know just kind of where the industry is going and mm-hmm. how you can grow and the multiple that you're getting. We literally listened to the first one, and both of us were like texting at the same time, like, "Oh my gosh, what's the next step?" Because it was really eye opening for us and good. Yeah. And so I really think that was the impetus because there's two locations, two sisters. It's like this is easy. Let's keep making this work. And we heard yeah. that. And it's like, it's time to play a bigger, bigger game. Uh, so definitely yeah. one to two more locations in the next 12 months for sure. And then we'll go from there. I think it's a balance between a lifestyle. You know, do we want a bigger piece of a smaller pie or a smaller piece of a much bigger pie? Yeah. Both answers are okay. But then it starts to impact travel and your lifestyle and your husband's and et cetera. So we just have to get very clear on that because doing the wrong thing is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I mean that you actually asked the question I was going to ask. I mean, there's that that's the next step, right? I mean, if you know, doing two more locations or three, you've got so you'll have five, four or five. Um, Have you thought about doing something outside of your state, out of your you know other cities? Are are you looking bigger than just a, a local brand or a regional brand? We've been approached many times and have gone through kind of due diligence with a bunch of different people, you know, talking about mm-hmm. what you just said. It's like, where where do we go next? Like, Arizona is only so big in the population. Yeah. Like, we have to look outside of that. It's definitely something that interests us, but we get very scared as well because we're so slow. We're like the tortoise where you, like, take forever to train people, and we're so diligent about all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, how in the world can we possibly scale it? But it's just knowing that the universe is going to send us the right people and the right, you know, management team and all of that. And I think we'll, we'll get there eventually, but we're just going to be a little slower. Yeah. And I owned a business coaching franchise very early on. I had no business owning it, right? I'm talking to people who are 50 and had been in business for 30 years. So I'm 18. I'm like, oh, I will teach you something. <laughs> but one of the reasons that I believe the franchise did not work well is it had these tension points across the world, mm-hmm. right? Like I was a business owner here and then there was a franchise, you know, in Mexico and then there was a franchise in London and it was like so disseparate that mm-hmm. there, like it just couldn't work. And so one of the things Melissa and I have always believed is like, you kind of have to hit this tipping point where it's like, okay, you have multiple locations in one place and then you can step outside of that state. But I think if we didn't have that clarity and that structure within Arizona, just saying, oh, we're going to pop one in Idaho, it would be a nightmare for us. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's um, and, and, and finding the right partner, right? That's the, probably the most crucial thing. I mean, people can throw all the money in the world at you and promise you this, that and the other thing. But um, you have such a great working relationship together and you've got such a, a good rapport and you complement one another so well on, on what you're doing and you, you've got such good, you know, division of labor and, 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 and the way that you look at things. Um, that all goes away. Somebody, the minute somebody comes in, you know, with a pot of gold. So, um, I mean, what's the, uh, are, are, are you kind of nervous thinking about the future? Or are you excited or both? I think both is definitely a reasonable thing to say I think definitely more excited than nervous you know and something that I also feel that you have to be willing like if 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 you looked at me today and said you're gonna lose it all if you try that I'm okay why because I understand how to build a business and I'm really not fearful again I have my moments of oh my gosh you know the sky's falling and what can we do but I can turn that mentality around pretty quickly and so I just have to believe if you want to win big you have to play big and there's not a timeline and it doesn't have to be overnight and so just listening to our own intelligence and our own process and respecting that and not caring what other people are doing or how fast they're growing because then that makes me feel small and feels like we're behind which isn't going to help me build yes absolutely do do you ever have you seen other um, similar businesses start to pop up or is this still you still kind of the only game in time with this particular business model yeah, we've had a few people pop up that were cool sculpting only. They, I think, unfortunately, went out of business fairly quickly. I think people maybe saw what we were doing. They were yeah. like, oh, it must be easy, blah, blah, blah. And so they did it, and it's it's a freaking hustle. I mean, we were working seven days a week for three and four years, yeah. you know, working until midnight. I mean, it's a grind, and it's, like, constant 
refilling the coffers of people coming in, unlike Botox, they're coming back every three, four months. Like, cool school thing, once you get them to the place that they're happy, like, they're not coming back. And so it's constantly just hustling. So um, there might be a few people that are doing what we're doing. And I know certainly there are um, nationwide and there's some awesome businesses that we, you know, are good industry friends with that are doing it, you know, Virginia and Mm -hmm. Texas and all of that. Well, and I think something else interesting to look at, and Melissa has to remind me of this every summer, cool sculpting is seasonal. So Mm -hmm. I actually think a lot of people who do cool sculpting only, they can't hang because there are months where it is crickets and if you are not a good business financially, you are out of business, mm-hmm. right? Like our money goes up, 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 and then we have all this money, and then it's like, okay, it's slow season, and you have to be the type of owner who's still going to market and not pull back on that, who's still going to provide for your team and look at your team and say, guess what? If there's nobody coming in today, that's okay. You're still going to be paid what you're going to be paid because then you get that loyalty. And so every summer I freak out. I mean, even yesterday I texted Melissa, I'm like, did you see the schedule? What are we going to do? But it it just ebbs and flows and it's always okay. But I think that's why people are like, oh, let's bring something else in and let's do something else because they can't handle that slowness or that pause, but it always comes back. Yeah. I think it's busy again. Phones are ringing again, et cetera. Yeah. I, um, I, I think what would, and again, I, 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 I would be all in on, on, on your business model. I think it's, I, I think it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, so, but, but the biggest, just kind of thinking about it in a vacuum, um, if you were coming to present something to me, the, 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 the issue that I would have or the point that I would make is what Melissa brought up is that it's, it's, there's an end date, right? I mean, every um, every client has a kind of a lifetime value that they're going to pay. Most med spas can carry, if you're good, you can carry that out indefinitely, right? You can have them for a decade or 20 years. You can have these clients, and if you get them in their 20s, you'll you'll have them for as long as you want. With with cool sculpting um, and body sculpting, eventually there is an actual end date, and so you've got you know you've got a cut that off so you are constantly getting new patients and that would just be you know it would it, it, it's again definitely not something i that, that would stop me but it would be the biggest thing i'd have to be like oh my god how do i how do i do that like i i, I gotta get more pay. it's always more right it's it's always somebody else and i'll let melissa answer but something that she said that i think was incredibly insightful is when she feels prepared she's not near as nervous so right. the best objection you get is the one that you're prepared for or you know how to answer and right. our tax person is incredible because she always asks us the same question. And so we've become very astute at answering it. So, okay. So our tax person is always saying, aren't you nervous that all your eggs are in one basket? Mm-hmm. Like what happens if Allerine goes out of business? What happens if mm-hmm. sculpting ends up killing people and you shut your doors? And what Melissa and I have really grown to understand is that we are not a good cool sculpting business. We're the best mother freaking marketing business, mm-hmm. team culture business process business and so yes would it hit us and have to pivot a hundred percent but if the technology is good we truly believe that we could bring it in and we would have the exact same level of success and so for me when investors or other people bring us that concern it's like we have this platform that is phenomenal if we want to plug and play other services and technologies we can do it all day long that's just not what we've chosen to do today but it's not about postal thing. It's about fundamentally who we are, how we built this business and how it structured things. And I feel like that's going to be our value down the road when somebody comes in and is looking to maybe acquire us. I mean, we have an amazing marketing machine that we have running. Like you said, we have to bring, I mean, we spend $35,000 a month just on marketing, but we get, you know, 10 X on what we spend and it's consistent. And so somebody can plug in other stuff and now you, keep those people in your business and it will just explode the business. What is the, I mean, what's your biggest marketing spend? If, if, if you can answer, I mean, what, what, what do you, what do you focus on most um, as opposed to other things? I, I think digital. Yeah. I mean, Jess has said this before. It's a surround sound effect, right? right when right. people hear you thing. on the radio and see you on TV and see you on Instagram and then get the email and the text message and all of that. But I mean, we spend probably about 20 ish thousand dollars a month on our digital spend. And then we have some radio and some other things that we do. Something fascinating, and this is why having friends in the industry are so important. So as Melissa talked about, a few people in different states, they do great at coastal thing. We chat with them. Uh, one of my favorite people who owns Sperling Dermatology, he just looked at us once. He's like, I don't understand how you guys 
don't do digital. Like Melissa and I were super gun shy. Mm -hmm. We had dipped our toe in it. We had someone who did it because we believe in do what you do best and delegate the rest. And we weren't getting the return that we wanted. So it was literally like 0% of our business. And he was like, you guys are nuts. Like I have to put you in touch with someone who rocks. So we did that and then business worked beautifully. But the lesson in this is look with the Facebook update and the Apple update. Those businesses that 100% of their business comes from digital mm-hmm. drastically and in most cases negatively impacted with those new updates. But because we have a smattering of digital and print and radio and et cetera, like, yeah, it was a little blip on the map, but it wasn't devastating for us. Um, so you obviously with, with the, the money spent on marketing that's going to bring people in the door but the the that doesn't mean anything unless you're converting those people and and really one of one of the best pieces of advice that i got way back when was you know don't spend a dime on marketing until you're ready to have the infrastructure whether it's the the processes the people the customer experience in place to translate that those marketing dollars into actual paying Customers. So talk about what you do with leads and, and, and how that works into the overall customer experience. So one of the most eye-opening experiences I had is I was traveling the country helping attorneys build their practices, you know, using digital and marketing. And I was tasked to sit in a room of a call center and listen to how the intake people were taking these calls. So a woman answers the phone, says, hey, what happened? It's literally a grandma on the other end of the phone. And she said, my grandson was hit by a Pepsi truck and lost his arm. And in that moment, I was like, cool, like we get to build rapport. Like we're gonna pour (laughs) out to this grandma and connect with her. The woman literally said, which arm? And I was just like, oh my gosh, this this is how people operate in the world and not everyone. But I think because of that, again, intentionally, we said we have got to do different with our leads. Even if they don't buy from us, uplift humanity, spark joy, connect with people. And so I think that was really the impetus of us saying top of funnel has to be very, very different. So that experience gets people to stay, not go to the competitor who is less money and allows us to build a brand and a following. But Melissa can talk a little bit more specifically about what we do with leads. So we, Jessica was working with Infusionsoft. It's now Mm -hmm. Keep. I don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. the CRM, but I feel like a lot of medical spots don't use a CRM. It's like, what the heck are you doing with your leads? You don't have the manpower to every person that comes to your website that says they have a question or wants more information. Like you have to reach out to somebody in five minutes. Otherwise you're a hundred times less likely to get a hold of them. And so, you know, we have this whole campaign set up we call it you know indoctrination basically of cool sculpting people if they decide that they want cool sculpting or no learn about cool sculpting it takes them 167 days before they pull the trigger on something and so you have to educate so we are so about education based marketing so as soon as somebody gives us their information you know they're getting emails they're getting text messages they're getting phone calls from us all in an effort not to annoy them, which some people think we're trying to annoy yeah. them, but we're just trying to be a resource, show you what cool sculpting is, let you know how it can help you, why modify, why this is different than other things. And I think the amount of time, energy, and effort we spend on reaching out to people and not just like making one phone call, oh, nope, they're done. I mean, that lead cost me like $400. Like we are going to follow up with them and people will get, what, 20 something touches of communication mm-hmm. before they just go into our um, monthly e-newsletters. And we believe in buy, die, or unsubscribe. And I always say, and Melissa always says, <laughs> make the rules for the masses, not the asses, right? My dad's always like, oh, if you called and texted and emailed me five times in six days, I would be so mad. I'm like, then you're not my client. Yeah. Most people really, really appreciate it. And the nuance for us is, again, knowing the technology. Allergan is a great partner, and we know that I think the newest statistic is that 50% of people who do cold sculpting have never done an aesthetic procedure before. Right. So they their hand needs to be held. They do not want to see a call to action. Call my website or, you know, call my practice and book a consult. That's too big of an ask. They're right. an information gathering stage and due diligence stage. And do I want cold sculpting? And then inevitably, which provider I want. And you want to be with them on that journey. And Melissa and I, I believe, see this time and time again. Someone will finally come in. We look at their journey and they have been in our system for months, if not years. But life changed and mm-hmm. now cold sculpting is an option. Yeah. And instead of going to Google and me praying that Botify shows up on that top page because they had an algorithm change, 
they found Botify because we've constantly and respectfully communicated to them. Well, you know, that's 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 easier said than done. And and yeah. I, and, and I, I say that because I know so many people who struggle with with the customer service, with the the response time. People don't answer the phone. They don't return phone calls. All that stuff. Um, it, it takes it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of training. Um, and, and you because both of you together can't do that all by yourself. You've got to bring on other folks to to help. Um, what do you do to 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 train others on how to indoctrinate people into cool sculpting? There's a fundamental difference between entrepreneurs and people who want a job and we need both of them. So thank mm-hmm. goodness we have. Entrepreneurs want to show up and they like, as Melissa said at AMSPA, that it's different every day. They get to figure right. it out. They're kind of building the F-16 as it's flying. I believe that people who are employees want to know how they can succeed, what boxes they have to check to succeed yeah. and what their daily tasks are. So it was really, really clear for us that we had to take whatever was in our brain. We had to put it on paper. We had to create processes around it. And then we actually had to hold people accountable and give them scripting and cheer them on and do secret shopping calls, the things that people don't want to do. They want to hire someone. They want to plug them in the front. They want to pay them $12 an hour and then complain when they suck. Yeah. So we've mastered the mundane, not only in terms of marketing, but also in how we train our staff. I will never forget when my dad told me that when he leaves his business, his hope was that people would act in his presence as they would in his absence, and that didn't happen for him. And so one of my biggest goals was whether Mm -hmm. I'm there or whether I'm on vacation with my sister or doing something else, Mm -hmm. I want that client to have that same experience, that caller, that email, or that texter, and we've done that, in my opinion, incredibly well. Yeah, and um, how do you um, so getting the leads to convert into consults or clients c- coming in the door? Um, you, you've also mentioned and 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 you've mentioned this several times over the course of our conversation the the patient experience, right? You want this exceptional patient experience. Um, where did you come up with like? the 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 tools and the things that you use to get that and and describe for us if you can just kind of what that patient experience is and what makes it different from other places so my background i was in um the four season hotel chain so this luxury hotel experience and they spent an inordinate amount of time in their hiring process making sure that you were a person that you know would go above and beyond um in your day-to-day life and for the people you around you and then your coworkers and the guests and so they did a great amount of training and i think i just was able to carry that into this business i think um as a consumer myself, I love that. I will I will spend so much more money on the same exact thing if it's a better experience. And I think other people will do that as well. And so I think we just find people that work for us that love to uplift, that have a servant's heart, that will run out into the parking lot when it's 120 degrees and help somebody get in because they can't find us. And I think people are just beat up in their day-to-day life mm-hmm. and they don't have a great client experience wherever they go and so the fact that we can create this you know this moment when they come in we ask people before they come in would you like coffee tea or water when you arrive oh great you want coffee do you like Splenda or sugar when they arrive oh wait we have it for you here's your tea are you still ready for it they are yeah. absolutely blown away just by the little touches that we remember um, I think also during our consultations it's about building rapport it's not just you know, this is what you need. Let me pinch your fat and give me this money. And so we're really building this amazing relationship with people and trying to, you know, get them to feel better about themselves. You know, they're showing us parts of their body that they don't even want to show to their spouse or look in the mirror and see. And so it's really creating this loving, beautiful atmosphere for them. And then, um, you know, we have a a thank you department, right? We write thank you notes to every single person that comes in. Handwritten notes. When's right. the last time you got a note that, you know, you visited a business and they sent you a genuine thank you. We send gifts to people. We have a $50 budget for every client that, you know, if somebody's in there and they talk about the Ked shoes that they love and there's a new red pair coming out, it's like our staff can go onto Amazon, buy them and ship them to their house. Wow. And if you wow. unpack stuff, Melissa says this, I say things like this and people are like, okay, well, why? Like we really look at things from different angles. So my uncle who, our uncle who owned that business, he used to spend probably 45 minutes uh, with every patient who walked through the 
door, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of his patients were accessed and they were paid for a 15 minute video. And I was like, Michael, or 15 minute consult. I was like, I don't understand why you spend 45 minutes. It frustrates everybody else. And you're only getting paid for 15 minutes. And when he told me his answer, I thought it was so callous, but I was 20. And now it makes sense. He goes, if they like me, they will not sue me. And so, yes, that's like maybe viscerally like, ooh, I don't like that at all. But the truth is, if people like you, if there's a problem, they are coming to you. If they right. like you and someone else is a little bit cheaper, they are still coming to you. And so anything that we've done, again, it's intentional. Yes, I want to give someone a gift, but what else do I like and what else do I know? My staff wants to spend my money. Perfect. So they're happy to spend $50. Number two, if I give them $50 to give someone a unique gift, what does my staff have to do? They have to open their mouth and talk to the client. Mm -hmm. That is what I want because that builds that relationship. It builds that longevity, that loyalty, the referrals, the reviews, and people doing more areas. And so a lot of what we do, you know, at the high level view, it might seem like, oh, that's easy, but there's actually something that's driving the reason that we're doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that is is truly amazing. It's it's um, you know that the four seasons, Ritz Carlton experience, all those things where you where, where where you hear if you can if you can figure out how to provide that, it really really does make a difference. So, um, kudos to both of you and 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 congrats um, on on what you've built. I'm I'm so impressed. I think I think it's 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 so cool to see you succeed. Um, I know you guys are going to do tremendous things. Where can folks reach you? And you mentioned you're doing some training as well. So um, what's the best way to get a hold of you if they want to come out and do training with you or, 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 or talk about that for a second as well? Yeah, about three years into Botify, I fielded probably 20 calls from people saying, hey, you're, you know, have a good name in the industry. You're the darlings of Postal Bean. How do we do this? And I would just share all my stories. And my boyfriend looked at me. He's like, are you out of your mind? Like, (laughs) people are going to pay you for that. So the next caller, I was like, well, it's X dollars to learn from us. He's like, cool. Where do I send the check? Unless they're like, whoa, maybe we have this side (laughs) hustle. But it's been a wonderful gift for us because we've learned tremendously and we kind of like that collaboration. Um, But we do do a lot of training with Postal Bean and lead generation and marketing and client experience, not because what we do is hard, but because when people come into our space and they see their singular focus, they start to believe that they can do it. Mm -hmm. And one of our hopes is that cool scoping providers do get better and they do get better outcomes because that makes everyone's job easier and it just improves humanity. So yeah, they can find us, follow us on Instagram, uh, Botify and Botify Academy is our uh, training uh, entity. Yeah. entity. So there were, they can always email Jess, Jessica at the <laughs> Yeah. Well then, so if it's Jessica at the Botify, it must be Melissa at the Botify too then. So we'll, yeah. Yeah, let's. I mean, we gotta we gotta split it up equally. Um, well, we, we, uh, we will have to have you uh, back, and I know we're gonna. I'm gonna convince you, even if I have to drag you both out to, to come to the medical spa show and speak there too, and do other things because I think your story is is very relatable and it, and it needs to be told. And I think people will will, will love to hear from you. Um, but congrats again on everything you've built, and it's um, it's it's cool, it's inspiring, and I I, I can't wait to see what you guys do next. You are awesome. Thanks for having us on. I think I told you when I heard you doing that interview about, you know, the industry, I was like, I better get on his podcast. And I'm like, oh, universe opened up. And now here we are talking, sharing, and helping everyone. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Melissa Mickelson and Jessica Stellwagen, co-founders of Botify. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get AMSPA content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.